You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Well, hello, everybody from sunny Bangor, Maine. We're here. You know who we are. We don't have to tell you again, but uh, this is Mission Lab, as you know, because you have downloaded it to your device and are listening to it. But we're appreciative that you have tuned in again. Camille, welcome. How are you? I'm here. Yep, I'm good. You had a good day? It was a long day. It was a long day. What were some of the long highlights? Um, I took my three children ice skating. Ice skating. Where? Um, at my brother and sister-in-law's house, which was gorgeous. It was just quite chilly. You were outside. Yes. Yeah, outside skating pond uh, on their pond. Yeah, really windy and cold today. But, you know, that's how we do it here in Maine. That's how winter is. <laughs> that's how winter is. The weather, it's like nowhere else, you know, Maine. <laughs> Only in Maine. <laughs> You're you're joking. I'm joking. That's one of my little pet peeves. People say only in Minnesota. It's like, well, it happens a lot of other places too. But anyway, I digress. Today, our episode is called What Scares Us? What Scares Us? And um, besides the cold weather, Camille, you have a little story you want to share at the beginning. Yeah. So this um, little story is actually from a book called Taming Your Tigers. Um, by Len McMillan. Um, It's a great book. I actually read it back in college. It looks kind of old. Yeah, it's a little bit old, but it has a lot of great um, little nuggets in it that I really have just gone back to from time to time. And this one that I'm sharing with you is more of a um, little bit of a um, funny. Funny. Kind of in some ways, but um, also is along the same line of what we're talking about today, which is Fear and um, that side of us and, and what makes us fearful. Not just in general, but fearful specifically in mission right. and church and so forth. Yeah. So it starts off like this. Uh, perhaps the following instructions from a U.S. government Peace Corps manual for its volunteers in the Amazon jungle can put this into focus. It tells what to do in case you are attacked by an anaconda which is a relative of the boa constrictor. While we're on it. Yes. If we're talking about things that scare me in general. Yes, I know. What is you the number one thing? You don't like snakes. I hate snakes. Okay, good. Yeah. Go ahead. So relative of the boa constrictor grows to 35 feet in length and weighs between three and 400 pounds. This is what the manual advises. So there's 10 steps here, and I'm going to read them to you um, semi-quickly. All right, number one, if an anaconda attacks you, do not run. The snake is faster than you. Two, lie flat on the ground. Put your arms against your sides, your legs tight against one another. Three, tuck your chin in. Four, the snake will come and begin to nudge and climb over your body. Five, don't panic. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Six, after the snake has examined you, it will begin to swallow you from the feet end. Always the feet end. Permit the snake to swallow your feet and ankles. Do not panic. (laughs) Seven, 
The snake will be now begin to, to suck your legs into its body. You must lie perfectly still. This will take a long time. Number eight, when the snake has reached your knees slowly and with as little movement as possible, reach down, take your knife, and very gently slide it into the side of the snake's mouth between the edge of its mouth and your leg. Then suddenly rip upwards, severing the snake's head. Number nine, be sure you have your knife. Number 10, be sure your knife is sharp. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah, so I just love that little, um, that little 10 point, yeah, like advice that's in, I don't know if it's in there now, but back in the day it was apparently where the U.S. government had this in their Peace Corps manual for surviving an anaconda attack. Um, attack. Yeah. And so, you know, you read that or you listen to that and you're just like, oh, my goodness, like how can you not panic or how can you not be fearful mm. of something like that? Of a snake. It goes without saying that everybody should be scared of snakes and uh, they are literally cursed. So there's good reason for that. So now I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Thank you, Camille. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, but we're going to talk about what scares us when it comes to mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just going to fire some things off here. We're just going to be transparent and vulnerable. And uh, perhaps it will resonate with some of you. And maybe you'll share with us what scares you. But do you want to share something first? Why don't or you do you start? Okay. So, um, this is an honest fear of mine that I, I constantly am wrestling with, and that is when I'm on mission and seeking to do life with people and seeking to serve and bless them and seeking to incarnate the gospel with them, I legitimately have anxiety and fear about compromising my own values and beliefs. That's, that, that is a legitimate fear. Uh, the reality is the closer you get to people, and presumably, you know, we're talking about being on mission, uh, the closer you get to people, the more exposure you will have to things that you may not agree, agree with. with or practice or uh, value. And so I am constantly praying about and seeking advice from and wrestling with Okay, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I not do this? And uh, I, I like to, I've said before that if you never find yourself in uncomfortable places and situations, it is very likely that you don't fully understand the gospel and that you are not really on mission. So let me repeat that because I think it's critically important. And we've talked a little bit about this in the past about you know, being in a bubble and and kind of sticking to Mm -hmm. ourselves. But um, I think we need to put ourselves in positions where we're going to feel uncomfortable. Because let me repeat it. If you never find yourself in uncomfortable places and situations, it is very likely that you don't fully understand the gospel and you don't, you're not really on mission, fully on mission. Um, I mean, Christ, talk about the most uncomfortable position to be in, you know, the garden of Gethsemane, the cross, Um, I'll just give you one example of one of those situations where I was trying to, um, you know, figure out, should I, should I not? Um, I have a friend here in Bangor and I'll, I'll, well, I won't say his name, but, um, I have a friend here in Bangor and he's an MMA fighter 
and uh, he's he's just the coolest kid, really, really cool kid. Um, he's a small little guy. If you were to look at him, you wouldn't know that he was um, an MMA fighter, uh, and he rides around this pink moped, and he lives not too far from us, and he's a really cool guy. I don't think he would mind me sharing this, although I didn't tell him that I was wrestling with this issue, but every time I see him, you know, he's, like, giving me hugs, and we're just, you know you know, pumping each other's tires up. And, um, he was, he was raised Catholic. Um, but he, um, he doesn't practice any faith now that I know of. And for a little while, he didn't even know I was a pastor. When I told him I was a pastor, he's like, Oh no way. That's so awesome. He's like, I should come hear you speak sometime. So, uh, hopefully, you know, sometime he will, but, um, he's a really, really good MMA fighter. And he was putting on his Facebook and Instagram and all that, that he was having this championship uh, fight uh, probably back in August. Um, by the way, what you may not know is that the, what is it, president of, of um, Ultimate Fighting is actually from here in Bangor. So it's, it's kind of big up here. I didn't here. even know that. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. No. Um, so anyway, it's kind of a big, big uh, thing up here. So I saw that his fight was scheduled for this certain time in August. And so, you know what I started doing, Camille? What did I do? Um, you started texting people. I started texting people. <laughs> yes. The first time ever I texted people. No, I started saying to myself, should I maybe go to his fight to support him and let him know that, Hey, you know, I'm here for you. Um, you know, not that he, uh, was probably even thinking, oh, we're Sean Brace. He better come to my fight. But I was like, you know, maybe this could be an opportunity to connect with him. Maybe this would be an opportunity to just let him know, hey, I'm interested in your life as well. And so for a little while, I was really, really, really wrestling with that. And however, there were some people who I asked their input and they're like, no way, no absolute way. And they were even, you know, kind of worried that I was asking the question. There's others who are like, yeah, I'd go. So, uh, it didn't, it didn't work out that I could go anyway, cause it was on a Saturday and, um, as a seventh day Adventist pastor, that's definitely a value that I will not compromise on. I will not go, you know, to a sporting event on Saturdays. Um, but anyway, it was, it was, it was a legitimate wrestling that I was doing. And, um, I ended up watching interestingly, uh, it was, he posted the video of it later on. And, um, so I ended up watching his little, his fight and, uh, the first round, it was kind of like, you know, back and forth a little bit here, a little bit there. And then the second round, the minute they rang the bell, did I show it to you, Camille? Yeah. I I watched a part of it. He took off and just ran full steam at the other dude. And he, he gave him a kick right in his face. The dude fell over and he started bludgeoning him and there was like blood everywhere and I was like, yep, I'm never going to one of those fights. <laughs> Made the right decision. So anyway, um, the point is that we, if we're going to be on mission, we need to be living on the edge. Living on the edge. People will like that little reference. Uh, I, don't even know, I don't even know what that reference okay. is. <laughs> People, you, we need to be right on the edge because and I think of Jesus. He came... And he hung out with sinners and tax collectors and and Pharisees and prostitutes to the point that people said of him that he was 
a glutton and a drunkard. Now, did Jesus overeat and that he get drunk on alcohol? Yes or no, Camille? No. No. But people, he had that reputation. They, they, uh, they thought he, because he, he was hanging around with those people. And so they assumed that because he was with those people, that he must be also partaking in those things. But Jesus was uncompromising with his beliefs and his values and his, his, um, you know, his, what he held to be true, but he never compromised. But so I want to live in that tension, but honestly, it does worry me that, you know, the more you hang around with people who do X, the more you may say to yourself, Oh, it's not so bad. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's what yeah, I think I'm, that's kind of been something that's ingrained in you from when you're little. I mean, whether you grew up maybe Christian or non-Christian, you know, oh, you know, don't do X, Y, or Z because... Yeah, and don't be with those people because there'll be a bad influence yeah. on you. Yeah. So I think probably that is, we probably all carry a little bit of that just from childhood and our parents trying to, you know, make sure that we have a good upbringing and um, a positive... Yeah, influence in the world. And I, I may have mentioned it before, but Paul, the Apostle Paul, of course, he said to the Jew, I became as a Jew. To the, to the, the Greek, I became as a Greek. To the one with the law, I became under the law. To the one without the law, and he's talking about like the, the, uh, the traditions, the laws of, of Judaism, he said, I just threw that stuff aside. And he said... Because I have become all things to all people so that I might by all means save some. And so Paul was willing to compromise on things that were not, again, I've used this term before, but moral issues for the sake of winning people to the gospel. And so, you know, you, you walk that line, and I think it's it's important to be in that tension and walk that line. Um, you know, and I've mentioned this before, but Jesus said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. He's praying to his father. I don't want you to take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So somehow, and we need to be very prayerful. We need to be very, um, you know, surrendered to God when we go into those situations that he would protect us from those things that, you know, are bad so that we don't compromise on those things that are against our morality but uh, we can't just remove ourselves completely from social interaction with people who might be doing things that we disagree with. Um, we're told uh, by one author, Ellen White, that it is through the social interactions that the gospel comes into contact with the world. So that's my first thing that I honestly have fears about. You, Camille, what about you? Talk to us about yourself. Yeah, so um, I think as we've been on this um, mission journey and going out and doing missions, uh, we've really looked at how we do church, as you've heard in probably several of our podcasts, and um, what everyday life looks like and kind of challenging some of the norms of how both Sean and I grew up and how... Um, challenging some of uh, the way we do church and the way we live out for Christ. And I think that has been um, a, a little bit of a fear factor for me um, as we 
break out of these norms as we question um, tradition, tradition, the fear of failure. So Mm. we're branching out on something new or something different, maybe not be new for everybody, but branching out on something different. And, um, you know, some of the feedback that we've gotten has been negative. And, uh, yeah, so it, I guess that fear of failure really creeps in and you start to, you know, second guess, like, well, maybe we're not doing the right thing or maybe, uh, you know, this isn't the way we, we should go or this isn't the direction we should go. Uh, so I think that's probably one of my number one things is that fear, fear of failure. Mm. Um, but I, it's been interesting as I've been reading a number of different books and just looking um, at what the Bible has to say. Um, just this week as I was doing school with my kids, we were watching Abraham Lincoln uh, little video and kind of about like um, a little short, you know, 30-minute video of his life. For those who don't know who Abraham Lincoln was, he was <laughs> the, the 16th, 16th president. president of the United States of America. Good guy. Yes, yes. So um, was watching that, and I realized even then that Abraham Lincoln, um, you know, took a stand for something um, to end slavery. And even though that was like such a magnificent, magnificent stand that he took, there were still people who strongly disagreed with him. And so, um, yeah, just, just taking a look at history and, like, how God is leading and guiding, it just makes me realize that um, if you take a stand for something, you're always going to have people who disagree with you. Yeah, if you don't take a stand for anything, then there's not much to disagree about. So I guess just uh, for me, gaining that confidence and that um, and just really trusting God with a journey that he has us on uh, has been helpful and impactful for my journey, um, Mm. in this mission Mm. process. Yeah. And I would, I mean, what you said, it kind of ties in with what I said, and then it's going to tie in with what I'm going to say as well. Mm. And that is, I do, I, I, I am scared of people's opinions of me. Yeah. Honestly. And you know, this is not news to anybody who's listened to our podcast in the past, uh, because as you have heard before, I, I uh, seek approval from people and I, you and, know. And I think we all do we in, all in do, some yeah. way, in yeah. some aspect. It may not be in every aspect, but in some way, um, yeah, we all. Yeah. So, uh, so let me tell you three ways in which I fear people's opinion of me. Number one, I fear that some of our people in our community of faith that is the Seventh-day Adventist faith, are going to think that I and we are now raging liberals. <laughs> like, and I hear those types of things uh, already, um, you know, because I, I used to be, well, I still am. Like, I'm, I consider myself very theologically conservative because, again, to reiterate, I fully subscribe to and I love the doctrines of the Adventist church, the 28 fundamental beliefs. And if you're not a Seventh-day Adventist, you can go look them up and you can have a fun time reading all those. I absolutely love the 28 fundamental beliefs as what I think is the most beautiful picture of God in the, in the gospel. Now, do we have it all figured out? Absolutely not. Uh, but uh, I think at this point, you know, what we do teach is so awesome and beautiful. But 
Um, there are other things that, as I've mentioned in the past, I don't think that they're as fundamental or they are fundamental that I used to really subscribe to and sort of, you know, um, uh, you know, people either have to be on this side of the issue or this side of the issue. And if you're on that side of the issue, then you're not really a spiritual person. I'll just give you one example. Drums during a worship service. I know that's a hot button issue. We're not going to talk about it, but I used to be fairly passionately against it. Now I'm like, well, it's probably not that big a deal, you know, one way or the other. And people hear that and they say, oh, my goodness, Sean Brace is becoming liberal. Oh, the funny man. thing is, is that, you know, back in the day, Jesus was probably categorized as a liberal. Oh, absolutely. Je- absolutely. Jesus was, he tore down the traditions of, of the, uh, you know, the rabbis. And um, he said, you guys are teaching the, command- the, the commandments of men as doctrine. So anyway, that's number one. I fear that people are going to think Sean Brace is this raging liberal now. And maybe that's fine and that's good enough. Uh, number two, I fear what people will say, like you, if this quote unquote doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we're, I'm very opinionated. You, maybe not as much, but you're probably opinionated as well. And we have this whole podcast where we're talking about all these new ideas and you got to do it this way and all that. And I fear that. Like, you know, we've talked about before what happens if there's no success and what people say, oh, that guy doesn't, you know, that guy, that girl, they don't really know what they're talking about. Nice opinions, but does it work? Uh, So that's number two. Number three, I fear the people, I fear that the people that were discipling, I'm always nervous that I might be, you know, pushing too hard in trying to, you know, invite them into my faith. Mm-hmm. And it's probably unfounded. Um, you know, you're always like, you're maybe more hesitant than you should be to share the explicit good news because you're like, oh, I don't want that person to think that I've had this agenda the whole time, you know? I don't want them to think that i am just like been a friend to them all this time so that I can get them to become a member of my church or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've heard that, I've heard that, uh, you know, expressed by others um, in our missional community and so forth. But what was helpful for me is that my friend Jason, what's up, Jason? Um, Harkins, Jason Harkins. Uh, he's a, a good buddy of mine. Um, he's not a, you know, a church member of ours or in our missional community, but uh, Jason and I do a lot together. And he was saying a few weeks ago that he, he's like, dude, what do I, what, I would not care if you said to me, hey, I would love for you to become a Seventh-day Adventist. He said, I would not be offended by that. He said, what I would be offended by, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, is if, if I said no and then you stopped being friends with me. But he's like, dude, if I know that you're genuine and you're, our, our relationship is not contingent upon me accepting your beliefs, then why would I be offended if you said to me, hey, I would love for you to study this stuff or to come to know this stuff. So uh, that was that was good for me. Now, not, not everyone is maybe like Jason, but um, anyway, I thought that was a helpful corrective. Well, and I found it helpful even just with, um, you know, I used to be more nervous about that stuff, but 
you know, when I'm talking with people who are either of no faith or a different faith, whatever it may be, um, to just speak of my own. So not to go preaching a sermon, but to just to be like, oh, I was so thankful because God like totally had that in control. And like, I, you know, da, 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 da. So like, I'm speaking from my own experience, my own experience and like that will then shine out, mm-hmm. oh, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And um, so I found that just to be that little bit of a little bit of a shift in my thinking. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be like, hey, let's go, you know, you, you read the need Bible. To do this. Yeah, but just me, like, you know, if I'm excited about taking a trip to Hawaii, I'm gonna be telling all my friends Are about it. Are we going it. to Hawaii? I wish. <laughs> um, but if I but if I'm excited about my creator about the God who leads my life, well, yeah, he's going to come up in everyday, like, natural conversations. Mm -hmm. So that's just that little bit of shift has helped me kind of rework that. Yeah, but sometimes we do kind of psych ourselves out and we're like, oh, boy, should I say that? Because we'll come across as being too preachy or self-righteous or, you know, too manipulative. And, I, I, yeah, I just think, you know, we've talked before about being fluent in the gospel, uh, yeah, it should just be natural. Not that we're annoying about it, but that we're sharing a testimony of what God has done in our life more than prescribing for them what they need to do. So my question to you guys is what makes you fearful as you think about mission or you think about your church? Uh, What fears, or if any, do you have about uh, looking at things differently uh, looking at mission differently, um, looking at doing your life differently, mm. what fears might you have? Mm. Yeah, let us know. Reach out to us. Um, you know, we can pray for you. We want you to pray for us. And, uh, you know, life life uh, is has a lot of things coming at all of us at any given moment. But um, when you're on mission especially, and yeah, I think I think what I hear maybe a lot of people say, because you know we're, we're we've committed to this life, this lifestyle, this missional lifestyle, but those who for them it's a new idea, is that it feels like oh man, this is a big commitment. This is like I got to change my whole life because it calls for more than just showing up once a week. And that that is very scary to people. We have our routines, we have, you know, our schedules, we have and as we've said before, it doesn't have to be anything additional. Just do what you're already doing, but just be intentional, intentional. about it. So that shouldn't be too much of a fear, but on the other hand, it is going to call for some um some change in your life. And and I don't know if we mentioned before, but we need to plan our lives around mission not plan our mission around our lives. In other words, you know, mission has to be the center of what we do as God's people. It can't be like something we try to fit in, you know, every once in a while. Like life revolves around the gospel, which sends us on mission and, you know, not vice versa. So, um, yeah, but God is good and he is uh, He is faithful. I was encouraged this morning, my friend, Pudge and I, who's been on the radio before, um, we're going through the book of Ephesians together, and we kind of do these four questions that I was mentioning a couple episodes ago, and uh, 
who is God was the first question based on Ephesians 5, and it says he is the head, Jesus is the head of the church. And that gave me great comfort because it helps me remember that I'm not the head of the church. It's not dependent on me. God is in charge, and he knows what he's doing. Um, that's why, you know, he is God. So that can give me great comfort and knowing that God is able. So anything else, Camille? Um, yeah, I mean, I know we've said this before, but to me, the great encouragement is I've seen how drastically my life has changed. And I know that I know that we don't have all the answers. We've said that many times before, but we can't keep doing what we've been doing expecting different results and i and i know we've Mm. said that several times but to me that's like kind of like that hidden drive that hidden push that when i have those fears and that anxiety um i kind of look to that and look at where god has led us and where he is leading us Mm. yeah status quo is pretty scary to me yes exactly yeah good all right well you have been listening to us and we thank you for listening to us uh this has been mission lab this has been mission lab Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris O'Day. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.